And they're going to preach what thus saith the Lord. How many want Brother Shiloh to preach thus saith the Lord? Put your hands together as he come and minister to us the word of the living God. That's all right. Give the Lord some praise today. He's worthy of all that we can give him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Great to be in the house of the Lord today with with Sister Jackson, with the church here. It's good to, uh, most of all, be in the presence of Jesus. And uh, if you have a need today, I challenge you to leave it with him and let him figure it out. Because if you'd already know how to fix it, he'd already fixed it. So let's let him fix it today. Appreciate the Jacksons or hospitality. He took us a meal last night. Nice place to stay and rest our heads. That's all well and good, but I'm I'm here today to preach what the Lord has given me that's going to change some lives. If you want your life changed. And uh, I want to go to Psalms 100. As we look at the scripture today, I'm going to give you the key to successful living for God and victory in your life. And I'm going to entitle this, before I read scripture, this is the way we go to church. It does make a difference how you go to church. I'm not talking about you got your shoes shine or creasing your britches. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about how you approach the throne. When you go to church, it does make a difference whether you get your needs met. Psalms 100 verse 1, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Serve the Lord. With gladness, come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that made us and not we ourselves. What a revelation to the day's world, isn't it? We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Entered his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Thank you, Lord. Enter into this place right now with your spirit. Minister to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Give the Lord a praise as you're seated. Hallelujah. This is the way we go to church. I got to thinking when this was written many, many years ago. The church now. Or in studying the, the scripture in the background to this writing, the psalmist was writing here about uh, going into the house of the Lord and what we were to do. Back then there was a process that much different than what we do. There was certain times of the year that it was required that they be at the tabernacle or the old or the new temple, whichever one was 
was formed at whatever particular time as worship because it spanned several hundreds of years during this, this commandment. So when they started out to the temple, it was a different way than what we start out to church today. Certain things were required of them, every family. They was required to be there at certain days. And when they started to go to church, they didn't go out and get in their Camry and come to church. The family from the furthest direction from the temple gathered his family together. And as he gathered his family together, they got either their lamb or their turtle dove. And as they began to start out, the women and the children began to play on instruments. And as they traveled, they began to play the tambourine or they began to play whatever they could play. And as they went by the next person's house, they joined the possession. And as it went down the road for days, not, not just an hour or two, but it was a long process of walking to the temple. As they went, there was a constant thanksgiving to the Lord that grew into a mighty crescendo of people thanking God because they're getting to go into the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. And as they're traveling, the crowd grows bigger. <clears throat> and as they're traveling, the people become more intense. There's more instruments that join. There's more things that happen. There's more people singing. There's more people clapping. You say, where did you get off this? I've been again to do some long study about this. And this is the way they went to the house of the Lord. So from the east and the west, the north and the south, at the same time, there was multitudes of people walking down the road. And if you could play a tambourine, you played it and you sang unto the Lord. If you could play a harp, you played it and you sang unto the Lord. Now, I'm not saying it was all in tune, probably because of the weather factors of that area. Probably the harps were warped and they was not in tune, but they played it anyway. All the instruments that they could play. So from the time that the first person left his first house until they reached the gates of where the Lord lived there in that tabernacle or in that temple. There was a constant praising and thanking and thankfulness. We're thankful that we're going to the house of the Lord. No wonder he said, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Because when that multitude of thousands of people converged from every direction under the sun, it was then that you could hear the thanksgiving miles before it got there. People were thankful they were going to the house of the Lord. It was not a project. It was not a sacrifice. It was not an unbearable obligation. It was an opportunity to thank the Lord for He is Jehovah and none other beside Him. And as they entered those gates, there was lots of singing. There was lots of clapping. There was lots of playing on instruments. 
There was a lot of noise there. No wonder the Lord said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. That was all in the same chapter, elder. He said, make a joyful noise of the Lord. And then he said, come into the gates with thanksgiving and the courts with... It was a noise that was coming. But God loves that kind of noise. Hallelujah. You may not tear a tune in a pigskin, but you can make a noise to the Lord. You may not can play an instrument, but you can do what you can do to the Lord. And when they got there, they went through the gates of that city and that area with much thanksgiving unto the Lord. Then I look at the way we come to church today. We finally get the kids in the car. And they got all their devices. And they got all the things they want to do. And we put our attitudes in the car. I just feel like preaching a little bit. You see, in the Old Testament, they started singing when they left the house. In the New Testament, we start fussing when we leave the house. We're all five in the same car and we've got five different attitudes. And we brought all week with us and put it in the car. I wonder what would happen, Bishop, if when we got in the car to start to the house of the Lord, all of a sudden, I'm going to have a thankful spirit. I may have a, a hole in my sock, but I'm still thankful. My birches may not be creased like I want them to, but I'm still thankful. I may not feel real good in my body, but I'm still thankful. Hallelujah. I'm going to the house of the Lord. I'm going to get something from God I've never got before. It does make a difference how you come to church. Far too long, we have depended upon the church to be the pumping station. I was raised in the oil field years ago. I didn't have any of it. I was just raised around it. I wasn't one of the fortunate ones. But at night, you'd lay down and you'd hear them old pumps. Boom, 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 boom. And hear them pumping that oil, you know. And I got to thinking... Far too long we come into the house of the Lord and we find our place and we've got to get our place because there might be a hungry soul. Get our place before we get our place and it's going to have me an attitude because somebody got my... You know, there are dangers to having a revival. Somebody might get your seat. I didn't come to preach like this, but the Holy Ghost is on me right now. It's, a, it's, a, it's dangerous to have a revival in San Antonio. Somebody might get your spot. But we need to come to church. When we get in the car, we need to put yesterday behind us. We need to lay everything down. By the time we get the parking lot, we're hollering at the kids and everything is broke and everything is messed up. And, and we come into the church and say, boy, this is the pumping station. I'm going to get the singers to pump me up. 
I'm going to get the bishop to pump me up. I wonder what would have happened if when we walked into the courts, when we walked into the gates out there, when, when, when we come upon the parking lot, if we already had a spirit of praise upon us, said, thank you, Jesus, for getting me here. Thank you, Jesus, for life. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me hell to come. I may not feel good. I may be a little crippled. I may be sick to my stomach. But thank you for letting me get here right now. There's a lot of poor me's in this world. But I'm so thankful today that God allowed me to serve him one more day and be in his house. I cannot come here with a bad attitude. I cannot come here unthankful. They come into the gates with thankfulness, with thanksgiving. They didn't have the convenience of the day. We're so spoiled. They walk for days to church. When Jesus went to the temple with his parents, they was gone a whole day walking before they missed him. That shows you two things. That was a crowd of people. Number two, it was a long way to church. If you walk all day long, and all of a sudden you say, oops, somebody's missing. And the Bible said it took them three days to find him. And lets me know they didn't jump in their car and drive to church. We got so easy today. They walked days to get to the house of the Lord. And there was no spirit of God that ever touched them. The spirit of God was in the holiest of holies. It wasn't among the congregation. You're not hearing me today. I said the Spirit of God was in the holiest of holies there with the Ark of the Covenant. It was not dwelling among the people on the outside. But yet when they come to church, they were so thankful just to come into where the presence of the God lived even though they never felt the presence of God. Mm, I feel like preaching today. Too many times we come to church and if we don't feel something, we don't do nothing. But we probably don't feel nothing because we don't do nothing. These people were doing something and they would never feel the presence of God. They never felt the Holy Ghost. They never understood what it felt for the Spirit of God to sweep over them with a Shekinah glory. They only knew that it was a privilege to get to come offer a sacrifice unto God. Mm. We are so blessed. Your car might not be the right color, but you at least drove. Your suit might not be what you wanted, but at least you got something to wear. We have the conveniences today. But we can't seem to get past our little afflictions. We let things mess us up on the way to church. We get things messing us up on the way to life. We get things messing us up on the way 
to living for God. You're not hearing me. But yeah, you are. We can't put to put our afflictions aside. We want somebody to help us lick our wounds. We get our afflictions. In perspective, we need to get past that. We learn to need to be thankful. Everything's not going to work perfect all the time. Everything's not going to be smooth in your life. Come on. Be thankful. For that is what's right to do. Whatever God sends you, be thankful for it. Come on. I'll give you a scripture that's going to mess you up for sure. Psalms 119, 71. It was good for me that I had been afflicted. But the psalmist still said, I went to the house of the Lord. I went there with thanksgiving. I went there with praise. Even though it was good for me that I was afflicted. And in the next verse down there, 119 and 67, because he said, before I was afflicted, it was then I went astray. Sometimes there's, no. Sometimes our afflictions are not for our harm, but they're for our good. Sometimes they draw us close. We don't need to come to church and say, Poor me, poor me, poor me. I've really been going through it. Yeah, you have. Why don't you start thanking God when you leave the house? I got a church to go to. I got truth to hear. I got a vision in my heart. I know where I'm going. I know what I'm doing. I know what's going on. I'm thankful, I'm thankful, I'm thankful. Yeah, but you don't, uh, no, I don't know. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know, and you don't know where I'm walking. And I don't want to walk where you're walking, and you don't want to walk where I'm walking. All right. I used to think, man, if I could be like them until I found like what was going on in them life. And them life wasn't too good. I said, God, I'll just take my mess. <laughs> Come on. But if you let your feelings stop you from being thankful, if you let what's happening to you Stop you from being thankful. If you let what comes against you stop you from being thankful, you're never going to receive from God what God intended you to have. If you can't be thankful for what you have, He's not going to give you anything else. See, if there's anything I know that I know, that I know, that I know, I know that God loves Joe Shaw too much to hate him. And I know that when he loves me that much, he's not going to take me where I don't need to go. And he's not going to put me where I don't need to be. And he's not going to let me walk where I don't need to walk. He's got a purpose in everything that happens. So I just have to be thankful. I just have to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If he sends rain in my life, I must need water. If he sends clouds, I must need a shade. If he sends sun, I must need light. And if he sends night in my life, I must need a little time of rest from the toils. Sometimes we get to going too fast, Bishop. He has to let us walk through these nighttime areas so we slow down. 
and then he can talk to us in the darkness of the night. I don't know if God ever talks to you when it's nighttime, but sometimes God wakes me up in the wee hours of the morning, and I hear him. He says, this is, got to make some changes. This is not, we got we got to talk about some things. See, it's, it's not for the night. I was too busy in the day. I was putting this together and that together. I was having too much fun, too busy. But all of a sudden, when the night comes, it's then that God can talk to you. God puts us in every situation in our life. The problem I have, sometimes I have a problem distinguishing between the ways of God and the acts of God. I learned so easy to live off of the acts of God because that's God touching me. That's God doing a miracle. That's God giving a victory. That's God doing something special. But sometimes there are ways of God where he doesn't do that. And the ways of God says, my ways are taking you places where my acts cannot bless you. My ways are taking you places where you cannot see my acts. But if you understand my ways, you'll know that when you come through, you're going to be better than was when you started. I need to learn the ways of God. Come on. I said I need to learn the ways. It's not what I feel. It's not what I see. It's not what's going on in my life. It's the fact I need to learn what God is thinking and what he's doing. In fact, Psalms 103, 7, Scripture said he showed his ways to Moses, but he showed his acts to the children of Israel. That's the reason Moses had such a foundation. He knew the ways of God. When they didn't get manna like they wanted, when they didn't get water like they wanted, when they didn't get quail like they wanted, they complained. But Moses was just steadfast. He said, God, you see what they need. You supply the water when they need it. You supply the food as they need it. I know your way. I know you didn't bring us across the sea to drown us. I didn't know you I know you didn't drive us across the sea to starve us. I know you didn't bring us across the sea to let us die. So I know your ways. But these people on you know your acts. So if you could give them a little water. I wonder what would happen if we ever learned the fact that because things are not going just right and every I, mm, every I is not dotted and every T is not crossed. I wonder what would happen if we could understand it's still the will of God. I said it's still the will of God. It's still the will of God. Yeah, but I, I, you, don't, you don't know my situation. Nope. I don't know your situation, but you better be thankful you got one. You still sucking air. They didn't take no flowers out to the tombstone today. You better say thank you, Jesus. I got a few situations in my life, but I still say thank you, Jesus. You woke me up today. In December of 2015, when I preached here, I told the bishop, I said, I'm going to have a biopsy. Never mentioned anything else to him. April of 2016, a few months later, 
Six and a half hours of cancer surgery. Followed up with 52 radiation treatments. Never lost a day's work. Never quit preaching. Two weeks after I had surgery, I cut open like a watermelon. I was in the altar laying hands on people, praying for people. You think I'm going to stay home and lick my wounds? I'm thankful God let me live as long as he lived. I said, I got to be thankful. I didn't think I was going to live this long. One doctor looked at my wife and he said, 18 months. Will you count it on the calendar? It's been more than 18 months. The blood work is still good. God's still blessing. It may be all messed up next week, but today I'm still thankful. And if it's next up next week, I'm still going to shout. Whether I'm thankful or not doesn't depend upon what's happening to me now. What I'm thankful for is where he's already brought me from. How long I got? We live in the acts of God and wonder why we don't understand what God's doing. But wherever God takes you, he didn't make a mistake. Google Maps didn't take you, take, tell you to take a left and take a right with God. Most time it's good, but sometimes it takes me everywhere. But that's not God. He never takes me down a road I didn't need to go down. He never takes a wrong turn in my life. He never messes me up. I don't, I don't understand some people's. I've heard people say, I don't understand why people can treat me like this and, and God still blesses him. That's between him and God, sweetie. Right now. Maybe they're thankful for what God does and you're a complainer. Yes, sir. I wasn't going to say all this. Go, you, you go ahead. Maybe the reason God blesses them and don't bless you because you're not thankful for what he's already done. Does he have to bless you every day? Does he have to bless you seven times a day? I like the blessings of God. You know, somebody said, get under the spout with the glory. I just like to live under the spout. But sometimes somebody turns the faucet off. But he's still God. He still brought me a long ways. He still fed me when I didn't know how. He still taken care of me when I didn't understand it. When I laid in the hospital and he said, you're going to die from pneumonia. And the man next door, when I left, he, he was still there. And he said, you was going to die that night. I said, no, I wasn't. I'm going home. I'm thankful. It's not for what God's done today. It's for what he's always done in my life. I think about the, I think about the dedication of Solomon's temple. And when they got into there, they went from thanksgiving to praise. For the Bible says in 2 Chronicles 7, chapter 1, it says all kind of things happened that day. They was praying. There was fire come down. There was burnt offerings consumed. So the place that the people could not even enter or the priest could not even enter into the sanctuary of the Lord. The king offered many sacrifices. 
great numbers. And I read all that in the Bible and I said, man, I like to go to church there. So much glory to the Lord that they couldn't even get in the door. It would just stop them. And God spoke to me. He said, you missed the best part. I said, and I went back and read it over. And I said, well, there, there's the fire. There's the sacrifices. There's the glory. What did I miss, God? He said, read it again. You missed the... And I read it again. And, I read it, and finally he said, no, you, 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 you got to go back to chapter 5. In verse 13, it even came to pass that the trumpers and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in the praising and the thinking of the Lord. When they lifted up their voice with trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and even praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord. So the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled. And he, I said, I got it now. It wasn't the beauty of the fire. It wasn't the beauty of the glory. It was the beauty of the praise of the people that brought the glory of God. There wasn't any glory until the people praised because chapter 5 is before the other chapter. We had to get the praise before we get the glory. Oh, hallelujah. I've had people say, well, I ain't the praising type. Then you're not going to get it. All right, now. You're not going to enter into the Shekinah glory of God. i never seen anybody get the Holy Ghost like this. All right, now. I prayed hundreds through. But all of a sudden, when something out of their belly starts rising up, and the praise and the glory of God starts coming out. It's then that the Spirit of the Lord starts coming down. It's something about when we enter into the gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. It's then that we understand there's a connection there with God. And when they begin to praise, the glory begin to come down. I love the beauty of it. I love the fact that there was much happening. I love the fact of the glory of God moving in that place. But it never happened until the singers sang and the praisers sang. I believe it was all across the congregation because something was happening that day that had never happened before. If you want something to happen in your life, you need to get in a mode of not complaining. I got to thinking about the the transition between leadership and Israel. God put Moses and he led the people for years. That was a miracle. God took a, a murderer that run out in the desert, married a heathen wife, let him stay out there for 80 years or 40 years and finally showed up one day in a burning bush. I know we got all figured out how God's going to talk to us. And if it don't come by this mouth, it hadn't come. And if I hadn't heard it from this voice, it's not the voice of God. But Moses was, that's in my nose. What's wrong with me today? Moses is walking along the desert one day taking care of them stinking sheep and he's seen a bush burning and, he's, and all of a sudden the Bible said he turned aside. Had Moses kept a walking, God would have been quiet. But it was... But when he turned aside, 
to look at the miraculous work of a burning bush that would not burn up. It was then that God said, if you're interested in turning aside to listen, I'm, I'm interested in turning on my vocal cords and I'm going to speak to you in an audible voice like I've never done before. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. There is a point we need to get to where we're sensitive to the voice of... It may not come through this, and it may not, but it may be an old burning bush. Hallelujah. God talks to you like he wants to talk to you. We don't tell God what to do and how to say it and when to say it and how, what voice to hear. He may send an old preacher to you. A real old one. That's not crazy enough. That's crazy enough to not think he's old yet. But you know what? I've reached a place where I feel like I can really hear from God now because I've got time to pull aside and listen to what God said. I, I, I think about I think about the lepers in, in, in Luke 17. There was ten healed, but one turned around. That wasn't even a Jew. He was a Samaritan. And when he turned around to Worship the Lord. The Bible said the Lord made him whole. Oh, whole. That means if anything was missing, it wasn't missing anymore. It means if he was, his skin was messed up, it wasn't messed up no more. He looked like he did when he's 16 years old. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible said Jesus made him whole. The others were healed, but he was made mm, sometime. Mm, oh, my Lord, hallelujah. Sometimes we live below our privileges. We're willing to live with the healing, but we're not willing to go into the next dimension and become whole. I tell you, there's a wholeness in the Spirit of God. There's a wholeness in the walk of God. There's a wholeness that He wants us to reach where we become whole, spirit, mind, and body. Some, you would thought if anybody would have turned around, it had been the Jews. They knew about the, they knew about the Lord. They, they, they knew about God. They, 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 they went down to the temple. Of course, the lepers couldn't get in, but they could stand around outside. But the Samaritan, don't let somebody get your praise in place. You say, well, boy, I wish I could get a blessing like that. Why don't you get crazy? Why don't you get into praising crazy mode? Like that Samaritan did. He come and fell before the Lord and said, I've never been like this in a long time. All my fingers are back. My toes now. I can balance. My, my, my Everything that was missing is hallelujah. I know some of you thinking, oh, that preacher just... It just he just don't no, I, you think whatever you want. I'm telling you, when you get desperate enough for God and a move of God in your in your life, it's then that you're going to reach down and you're going to find something to praise Him for. And it doesn't matter who sees you. It doesn't matter who hears you. It doesn't matter what they think. It doesn't matter who you are. As I taught in Sunday school this morning, it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday. It's all that matters is you come into the presence of the Lord. 
Well, glory. I was reading the other day in Mark 14. Jesus went to a man's house, Simon. The man was a leper. He wasn't supposed to be there. He didn't go to lepers' houses. Jesus going to die anyway. He couldn't catch nothing. He's going to kill him. Think about it. They, they didn't go around lepers because it was contagious and had no cure for Jesus didn't make no difference to him. They was going to hang on cross anyway. He might as well go to the leper's house. And there was a woman walked in with an alabaster box of anointment. And she broke the box and poured out the anointment on Jesus. And Judas said, couldn't this been sold for so much and given to the poor? And Jesus said, you're a thief. You're trying to steal this woman's victory. The alabaster box was very valuable. It was something it took years to make enough money to buy. The ointment in it was so expensive, you lived a lifetime to buy it. And she broke the box. And it upset Judas. And Jesus said, you're a thief. You're trying to cheat her out of a blessing. Mm. You know how to get a blessing? We just need to break the box. Come on. I said we need to break the box. Come on. I don't care if the devil likes us breaking the box. We just need to break the box. Come on. We need to praise like we've never praised. We need to break the box. 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 Hallelujah. Oh, who's going to say? I don't care what they say. We need to break the box. We need to praise until we don't know where our tie is. Hallelujah. We need to praise until we forgot where we lost our shoes. We need to praise him until everything is crazy. We need to break the box like we've never broke it. And we'll see a move of God in our lives. Come on, somebody needs to break the box. Well, I'm not that kind. Then don't get your blessing. I'm going to get my blessing this morning. I'm going to break the box. I'm going to break the box. I'm going to break the box. I'm going to praise him like I've never praised him. Hallelujah. Come on. You looking for something from God? Go ahead and break the box. That's it. Break the box. Somebody's getting it. Somebody's getting it. Somebody's getting it. Your neighbor break their box. Don't worry about your neighbor's box. Break your box. (laughs) 
Psalms 146 starts off with praise you the Lord. Psalm 146 ends with praise you the Lord. Psalms 147 begins with praise you the Lord. Psalms 147 stops with praise you the Lord. Psalms 148 begins with praise you the Lord. Psalms 148 ends with praise you the Lord. Psalms 149 said, let everything, let everything, let everything, let everything that hath breath praise you the Lord. If you're in this building today and you want the Holy Ghost, if you'll start down this aisle, you don't have to wait till I get here and pray for you. You start praising the Lord. Praising the Lord. You'll be talking in tongues before you get here. Come on. If you need a healing, start praising the Lord. Quit complaining about your sickness. No wonder he said, enter into his courts with thanksgiving, into his gates. Into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. I'm going to get mine. What do you want? You need something from God? Start coming down here praising him. Somebody's already got a church. Somebody's already got an answer. Whoa. Hallelujah.